And so, so we, we're going to jump right into the Word. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Luke. And we're going to go to the sixth chapter, uh, verse 37 and 38. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And then I'm going to follow with the message version because it, it, it breaks it down for us. Uh, when you got to say amen. Luke 6, 37 and 38. It says, judge not, and you shall not be judged. It says, condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Forgiven, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Amen? And, and, and Luke 6, 37, 38, in the message version says, don't pick on people and jump on their failures or criticize their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment. It says, don't condemn those who are down. That hardness will boomerang. Be easy on people, and you'll find life a lot easier. Give away your life, and you'll, be, you'll, you'll find life giving back, but, merely not, but, but not merely giving back, but giving back with a bonus and a blessing. Amen. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. May the Lord bless the readers, hearers, and doers of his word. Amen. There's a lot to unpack in those two verses. There's a lot of cause and effect, which is why we heard that and, that and and and. A couple of weeks ago on God Talk, I spoke on the topic, don't judge. And because the conversation flowed, I think we asked one, one question, Minister Ma, and, and the topic just kept going. So we never really got to the topic for this, this, this morning. So this morning I want to speak on the topic, and it's a message from my grandma. Righteous judgment. Because anyone that knew my, my grandmother our grandmother, she would tell you that God said, and she'll tell you what God said, because we serve a good God. And she, that's right, she said, a good, good God. Uh, you just couldn't say good one time. Amen? Amen? See, most of us are familiar with the scripture, judge not, and you will not be judged. See, but it doesn't say don't judge. It says, if you judge, you'll be judged. In the message version, it says, if you condemn, you will be condemned and pronounced guilty. If you acquit, forgive, and release, you will be acquitted, forgiven, and released. It says, if you give, it will be giving unto you in good measure. Pressed down, shaking together, running with an overflow. How many know when you give, you get an overflow? 
The scripture says the measure you give out will be measured back to you. So some of us need a checkup from the neck up. If we're questioning where we are in our life, we have to ask, what are we giving? It's easy to get, but what are you giving? And, and, and I really love how the message version breaks down these two verses. It says, don't pick on people. Don't jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want that same treatment. My, my, my queen and I, Jeanette, we had the pleasure of speaking to the singles ministry. Y'all know I was going to bring y'all up. And they shared with us that they want to hear from experienced people. They want to hear from people about their life, about their relationships, about their finances. They just don't want to be judged. They, they don't want to be talked down to or just told to go pray. They say, give us something to pray about. Point us in the direction we need to go. Don't just say, get over it. Suck it up. You in your feelings. Telling me what I didn't do or what I should have done. Jumping on our failures or condemning our faults. Now, now, now be mindful. They wasn't, say, they wasn't saying, don't teach me, rebuke me, correct me, or train me. That's not what they were saying. They were just saying, if it's delivered, Deliver it with righteous judgment. If we go to John 7, uh, verse 24, John 7, verse 24, and I'm going to read from the King James Version. And it says, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. So it didn't say don't judge. It says, if you judge, judge in righteous judgment. Basically, don't look at us and think about what you see and say what you see is what you get. See, we have to meet people where they are without dumping on where they at. Sister Gwendolyn, she spoke to the seniors uh, two weeks ago, and she talked about the, 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 the bar, the city of bar. And sometimes we're in that place and, and we want out. See, see Loader Bar is a place that, that the, the bar uh, 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 means God. Is that right, Minister Lamar? Somewhere? What, uh, Loader Bar. Loader Bar, God. And low means without word. So you're in a Loader Bar environment, you're without word. All right, so, so it, it, it's not where you want to be. But sometimes we need directions to get out. If, if we are asked to judge a contest, they want our opinion. Yeah, I'm looking at Natalie. You had the opportunity to judge the, the bake-off last week. Now, y'all know I was a little biased to my son-in-law. But we wanted your opinion. But righteous judgment is God's opinion. Does it line up with what God says? See, see, the one day that I actually joined, and I haven't been on a Bible study for a couple of weeks, but I joined on Friday, and they talked about this message that, you know, how did we want to be treated when we were in a difficult uh, situation, when we were in that loader bar place? Uh, Sister Hope asked the question, how do we join in if, we're, if we join in and we're constantly condemned? 
See, what happens when we found the courage to step out on faith, when we found the courage to ask that question, found the courage to come to church, found the courage to ask for clarity, Sister Trina, how many of us in here have made mistakes? How did you feel when someone jumped on you and told you to go pray? Or someone told you to get out your feelings? Or even questioned your faith? We got to do better. See, see, we have to guide folk out their feelings and pray with them and share next steps. Invite them to discipleship training. Invite them to the prayer line. Invite them to Bible study, girl talk, guy talk. Condemnation puts them on the island by themselves. They're alone. Now, I'm not talking about the singles. I'm talking about all of us. We don't want to be alone. And but, but if we're in a situation where we can't ask a question because we're going to get jumped on, when we're trying to learn, we're trying to figure this thing out. If we're trying to figure this thing out, we need help. Um, instead of saying what you miss, because we, we have that tendency, oh, girl, you miss a, 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 a guy talk. Oh, you miss this. You miss that. Stop telling them what you miss and tell them what you got from it. If you tell them what you got from it, I might want some of it. But I ain't missed nothing I ain't seen. I ain't missed nothing I ain't had. See, the scripture says, don't condemn those that are down because that hardness can boomerang. But hardness, that sharpness, but we have to stop beating people up as they're trying to grow. How many of us know that a boomerang effect can be positive and negative? See, because it says, given it will be given to you because generosity begets generosity. See, now I was in sales for most of my life. And as a kid, I sold newspapers, so it seemed like a natural thing. And I remember as a training manager, I ran into this manager, and he, he had the worst sales in our team. All right, so his, his team, and I know um, Ed and some of them are, are on phone calls right now. All right, they were making about 100, 150 calls a day. All right, but they were last in our, our um, company. And so I, I, when I talked to that manager, I found that all he did was give him more to do. He said, instead of doing any training, he said, make more calls. If, if, we, if, if we don't give them what to say and how to say it and what to do, they're going to always be in the same position. You can make 200, 300 calls a day. It's going to have the same result because you don't know what to say. You haven't got that guidance. All right, see, see sometimes... We can't keep telling people to do more without guiding them, helping them, and what to say and what to do. When we holler at people, chastise people, judge people, we're not helping people. Judge not, and you will not be judged. But if you judge, make sure the reflection of your judgment is aligned with God's teaching, with God's rebuking, with God's correction and God's training, God's righteousness. 2 Timothy 3, uh, 14 and 17, 2 Timothy 3, and we're going to read uh, 14 and 17. 
And I'm going to read from the easy read version. That's something I got from the morning call sometime. You got to take it back to the basics. So it says, but you should continue following the teaching you learned. You know it is true because you know you can trust those who taught you. See, sometimes we want to teach before we develop trust. I know we was on the call Friday, and, and, and Brother Josh said sometimes he can really look into the eyes of the people that he connect to, and they trust him because they trust what he's been through. They trust where he's at. All right, I know during Fast Week, we get an opportunity to learn about each other. And as we learn about each other, we, we, we begin to trust because we say, you know what, they're going through the same thing I'm going through. All right, God got them through, so if he did it for them, all right, see, sometimes trust is not words. It's your actions. Are you walking out what you're talking about? Do our children see the same person at home that they see in the church? Does our family and friends see the same person, or do, they, do we conform to the world? We were talking this morning about this topic, and, and we, we, we have to really understand that people are watching us. All right? And I think we mentioned uh, on, a, on a call, God talk, where sometimes you go to church, a, a wedding, you go to a wedding, and that, that spiritual event turns into a worldly event. Because once they get to the reception, the music shifts. Now, do you shift with the music? Because that's what they're looking at. And then you shift with the music, and then guess what? Now you want to pray over somebody that's going through something, and they remember you dropping it like it's hot. That's another message. Now, verse 15, it continues. You have known the Holy Scriptures since you were a child. These scriptures are able to make you wise. And that wisdom leads to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by God, and all scripture is useful for teaching and for showing people what is wrong in their lives. It is useful for correcting faults and teaching the right way to live. Using the scriptures, those who serve God will be prepared and will have everything they need to do God's good work. See, we all started this journey as babes in Christ. Sometimes we forget about the babes part. And we talk about where we at, how we were delivered. And we're not giving new people or younger people in the word the same grace that we wanted. So we're dumping on them, well, you need to do this, this, and this. And we didn't do that when we were going through. Some of us, it took seven, eight, nine, ten years. But we want them to convert in a day. We want them to just shift. But not knowing that um, it's a process. My baby girl this morning was talking about um, it, we, we have to talk to people, but there's a process. We forget the process. Uh, we have to forget that we had a process. For some of us, that process took years. We have to remember it's the scriptures that make us wise. See, but we want to give our opinion and forget the scripture ourselves. Use the scriptures. The scriptures, point them toward God, not just toward your house, not toward lunch. You know, you want to take them out to lunch to talk about stuff other than the scriptures. 
That's why it's so important that if we judge, we judge with righteous judgment. Second uh, uh, Timothy three sixteen and seventeen, and we're going to be reading for the new uh, international version. And this is the one that we have in our faith life classes. It says, "All Scripture is God breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work." We're equipping heirs for the kingdom of God. If we don't understand 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, how are we going to equip? How are we going to do it? It says, judge not and you will not be judged. Y'all going to hear that a little bit. But if you judge, the reflection of your judgment has to be aligned with God's teaching, God's rebuking, God's correction, and God's training and God's righteousness. See, sometimes we receive teaching, rebuking, correction, and training, but we perceive it as judging. Sometimes we think we're teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training, but we are judging. Sometimes we quick to jump to rebuke when we should have been teaching and training. Sometimes we correct it, and maybe it needed a little rebuke. It says that all God's scripture, all scripture is God-breathed and useful. The scriptures are purposed. God's word is purposed. Are we using God's word according to its purpose as it was intended? Our actions align with God's breath. Are we a breath of fresh air? A breath of fresh anointing? In our discipleship training, um, we're, we're studying Master Life, the disciples' victory, and we spend a lot of time dissecting 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. Uh, that's actually what we're on right now. And so I want to share some things from this discipleship training and, and, and this is why we, we, we encourage that we attend. It says in Master's Life, uh, the disciples' victory, it states that any belief or behavior is based on truth only when it's lined up with God's word. The inspired God-breathed word is the only standard that stands the test of time. Opinions and cultural priorities change, but the word of God always endured. Brother Lou said this morning, the word of God endures forever. So if we look back through the decades of our life, or for some of us that have the decades, stuff around you change. Cars, clothes, culture. But God's word has endured for thousands of years. The 96 years of my grandmother's life, the word was the same. She didn't rebuke me with something new, and yes, I got rebuked. She didn't correct me with something new. She taught and trained all her children with the word of God. In 1 Peter, I'll turn over to 1 Peter 1, and we're going to read 24 and 25.
And I'm going to read from the New King James Version. And it reads, because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flowers falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. So we didn't get a word that hasn't endured. We're we not getting nothing new. Sometimes we're just not in place to hear it. Where are we at when the word is being brought forth? Some people only come to church when the pastors are here. Some people only come to church when they know the person speaking. Some people can only receive from someone that they know. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Family, the word hasn't changed. God has been consistent, but have we been consistent? Uh, so, so I'm going to give you a quick rundown on, on what we receive in discipleship training and master life, the disciples' victory. It tells us God's words teaches. It says the first purpose of the word of God is to teach and to prepare a person to live as a disciple. Biblical instruction and guidance are to design to prevent a problem or help a person correct it. See, some of us come to God after the fact, not knowing that you have the, pre the preventive mechanism right there. It's to prevent a problem or to help you get through it. See, teaching is the easy part because we are sharing basically something that we don't know in hopes that someone will grasp it and the information can apply to their life. Our right, sister T Tiana shared that she shared with someone, and, and, and it's okay if I talk about this, sister Tiana. We talked about this word. I'm sorry. I, I already started. <laughs> All right. But, but she said she shared the word with someone, and, and she was concerned about them not receiving it. And, and we have to understand that our job is to put it out there. When God puts it on your heart, put it out there. All right. And she said something pop. She said, I, I have to share with them because I don't want them to be condemned. If I don't put it out there, they'll never receive it. We can't worry about where it fell. We just have to know it's at their feet. All right, it says, uh, God word rebukes. A rebuke is a reproof that brings conviction and awareness that you have done something wrong. God's word is useful to alert you when you are going in the wrong direction. When God intends for you to pursue one course of action, but you're pursuing another. All right, during fast week, Brother Chris he gave an illustration of that. Remember, he was following the pastor around, and then he went this way, and the word was over here. All right, how many of us are going in the wrong direction, knowing that the word has corrected us? All right, see, as we are being taught, God's word alerts us that we are going in the wrong direction. And as we're studying God's word and learning, you can see how you're not aligned and that the rebuke gives you an immediate correction. See, sometimes we don't like how rebuke is packaged. <laughs> so, so, we, so we go after the package. Uh, we, can't, we can't or won't receive because the package don't look the way we want it to look. Minister Lamar shared on, Lamar shared on God Talk that we, we can't look at the messenger, and sometimes we just have to receive the message. 
Uh, we, we, we're going to talk a little bit about the messenger a little later. And then it says God's word corrects. All right, God's correction is motivated in love, and that's what we just talked about this morning. God's correction is motivated in love. If you're walking up to someone and your motivation is not love, stop. Just stop. It's easier to receive correction because now we know everyone ain't against us. Sometimes we, we can't receive correction because we think the world is against us. We think everybody's coming at us, but the person giving, are you giving it in love? And I think Jeanette said this morning, sometimes when, when, when you give it in love, people will know. They know who you are. All right? and, and as we correct, we want to be that reflection because the reflection of God's love, uh, correction is love. So are we that reflection? When you look in that mirror, do you see God's love? Is that what they see? Or are you coming up uh, with me mugging them and expect them to get what you're giving them? Your face all twisted because you feel some kind of way about what they did. How am I going to receive from you? All right, so we have to be mindful of that. Janae said this morning again that when we do give that correction, you have to understand it's a time. It's a process. And Sister Rhonda, you know I was going to say this. She said God's word is confirming and affirming what it said. She said it's confirming and affirming. So I said, what's that? i write that down. <laughs> confirming and affirming. All right, then it says God's word instructs us in righteousness. God's word instructs us in righteousness. See, God's word supplies ample instruction for how to live rightly. See, when we were studying in Master's life, we, we looked at the word righteousness. It's a big word, right? And sometimes it throws us off. We're like, oh, Lord, what we got to do for righteousness? Follow God's word. Be connected to God. Make that big word a little word. G-O-D. J-E-S-U-S. God, Jesus. Make it small and just operate that way. I see the Bible teaches moral character. The Philippians translation said the Bible is profitable for training and good living. How many of y'all want to live good? See, so you got to get that training. We got to get that training for good living. As a Christian, you are not uh, uh, left to guess what is right. The Bible tells us what is right. Again, and again, the Bible instructs us to be practical in our day-to-day ways to live. It not only provides a specific instruction on, on walking in holiness, it also provides answers for our daily decisions. We got the answer, but are we going to the source? When, when we come to understand 2 Timothy's uh, 3, 16 and 17, we understand that righteous judgment is not wrong. See, but when we think about uh, 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 learning, training, teaching, or what we really stands out to us is rebuke. How many of y'all think about that word rebuke? Rebuke may seem like judging because it, in both instances, it's bringing a realization or a conviction. When people judging you. Rebuke stings a little bit, just like judgment. See, most of us can accept some degree of teaching. We can accept some degree of correcting, and we can even accept some degree of training. Maybe with a little pushback. But rebuke. See, some words challenge us. Some words test us. A rebuke, obey, 
obedience, even judging. See, those are trigger words, and they trigger something in you. So those are the times as the body of Christ, we have to be extra cautious of what we say. Um, turn, turn with me to uh, James 3, and we're going to read uh, 3, 5 through 10. Let me get and get there. James 3, and we're going to read 5 through 10. And, 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 and again, I'll read from the New International Version. It says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. The Amplified says, even so, the tongue is a little member. It can boast of great things. It says that consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. All, right, all those forest fires we see in California, somebody didn't come out there with a blowtorch. It was a small spark. It was the heated situation. All right, it says the tongue is also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the Bible. How many knew y'all were carrying around some evil with you? It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and itself set on the fire by hell. It says all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. We can't tame the tongue, which means we have to depend on God. It is restless and evil and full of deadly poison. We carry around poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we also curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. It says, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. When we bless the Lord our Father with the same mouth that we curse men with. Now, of course, I'm, I'm going to go to the, the message version in James 3, 5, and 6. It says, a word out your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. So we can use our words to accomplish stuff and also to destroy stuff. It only takes a spark, remember, to set a forest fire. A careless, a wrongly placed word out your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on the reputation, send the whole world up in smoke and go up and smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. Our words can destroy someone. When we think, we, we think we're picking someone up. Uh, David said this morning, we have to remember how are we saying it. How, how are we really saying it? 
Because every time we open our mouth and we get louder and stronger and more powerful, that person we are talking to is shrinking, getting smaller, curling up like a baby in the womb, tied to the cord, connected to their body, isolating themselves. We strangle someone's ideas in a cradle when they need this body. We need this body. We can't create a contradiction of being afraid of wolves in front of us and bears behind us. I remember a grandma pulled me aside. It was about two weeks ago after uh, Dawn's dedication. And she said, James, you're a good man. And she said, and I told Ms. Martin, she said, as you lose your, as I lose my voice, I want your voice to become stronger. She said, Jeanette picked up going to visit the seniors because that's something that she used to do. And she said, that, that was my ministry, and I'm so glad. She got an opportunity to come with us to the senior home and pray over the seniors. At 96 years old, she's praying over the seniors in the home. The word says, by our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, which is why we have to be careful of the people we're around. We have to be careful who's pouring into us because some people are trying to turn your army to the chaos and you think they're helping. Our words can condemn us too. We go right up and smoke with it. It's right there. Word of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything. Romans 2 and 1, uh, King James Version, Romans 2 and 1. It says, Therefore art inexcusable, O man, whoever thou art that judges, for wherein thou judges another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judges doest the same things. We're doing the same things we're judging people for. We may not be doing them now, but we did them, and we're not giving them a chance to grow. We're forgetting we were babes in Christ. We're forgetting where we came from. And so we want everybody to just turn around, stop smoking, stop doing this, stop. It took you a while. It took you six months uh, or six years to get off that pack of cigarettes that you were hiding out in the shed, going for a walk, going to smoke. But condemning that other person is trying to do the same thing. What was done to us we're doing to someone else in the same way. And, and, and sometimes we dare someone to say that to us. I dare you to come at me like that, but you coming at somebody else like that. And this morning we talked about a person being corrected and not receiving it because you were doing the same things. Again, as we said about the, the wedding, you might have prayed at the wedding and now you dropping it like it's hot. You up in there partying with them, drinking with them, carrying on with them, and then now you want to pour a word into them. It don't line up. Sometimes we justify our action because of how we were raised, knowing it's wrong. You see, some things are generational. And grandma will be the first one to say to us that she wasn't perfect. She'll tell you in a heartbeat, I wasn't perfect. At 96, she wasn't perfect, and she was still seeking the face of God every morning. First thing in the morning when she got up. 
We, we, we begin a new generation when we give our hearts to Christ. We get to do it different. It says, um, we, we in the last quarter of this year, Supernatural Restoration, and this has been a beautiful year. I reconnected with my oldest son, and that was my prayer at the beginning of the year. Now, now we didn't speak face to face, but there was power in my words. He got the word. How many of us have a story of restoration? Restoration is in progress. Restoration is on the horizon. It's there. So we, we have to practice righteous judgment because we're, we're going to uh, see some things restored and we don't want our words to push it back into that cocoon. But if you judge, make sure you're judging in the reflection of God's righteousness. Let's go to James 3, uh, 1, and we're going to read verse uh, 1 and 2. James 3, and I'm going to read from the Amplified Version, and it says, Not many of you should become teachers, self-constituted uh, senses and reprovers of others. See, some of us want to be the correctors, but we're not there yet. We want to tell other people what to do and then go in our closet and do what we want to do. And just correct other people. But the word says right here, some of us should not be teachers. My brethren, for you know that we teachers will be judged at a higher standard with a greater severity than other people. Thus, we assume the greater accountability and the more condemnation. See, some of us want to be leaders, but we're not ready for the condemnation that comes with leadership. We don't understand that once you put yourself out there and say, I'm leaders, every little thing is going to be judged and, and every little thing is going to be criticized and every little thing you do is going to be put out there because you're not responsible to teach someone else. And so if I allow, if God allows, if the pastor allows us to just do anything, what are we feeding other people? It says, for, for all of us, often stumble and fall and offend in many things. For if anyone does not offend in speech, never says the wrong things, he is in fully developed character and a perfect man, able to control his whole body to curb his entire nature. And the scripture just told us we can't control our tongue. So you might be able to do a perfect push-up, but can you control your speech? In James 3 and 1 in the message version, it says, don't be in any rush to become a teacher, my friends. Teaching is highly responsible work. Teachers are held to the strictest standard, and none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'll have a perfect person and perfect control of life. How many of y'all are in a perfect control of your life right now? Uh, they might be going in the right direction, veered off source, going straight, but we're not in total control of it unless we surrendered it. Last time I spoke, I shared to take your hand off the pause button because some of you ought to be teachers. 
Some of us won't because we aren't ready for the higher standard of judgment. We we're not ready for the higher standard of accountability. See, some of us won't make decisions in fear of being wrong. We're scared to be wrong, so we won't take the lead. We're scared to make a mistake. We're scared to rebuke. So we'll wait for the pastors to control it. You throw out an idea, but you want the pastors to run with it. You handed it off to somebody else, but you won't run with it yourself because we're scared to make a mistake because we're scared of that higher level of rebuke that's going to come with our actions. As a teacher, you are held at a higher standard. A teacher should be seeking teaching, rebuking, correction, and training. We can't be afraid to stumble, and we have to embrace correction. We have to embrace God's righteous judgment. I, anybody that ever dealt with our pastors and had to get a little bit of judgment, <laughs> I know. One of the things I know, it, it was done righteously. They didn't condemn me. They didn't destroy me. As a matter of fact, he, he, you know, pastor always find a way to lift me up. And then, anybody know his famous line? Have you considered? <laughs> you know, he, he said, you know, let me offer this consideration. Right? And, and the reason why some of us won't be offered a, or accept the consideration because we're already in tune with what we want to do. So if that consideration is not in line with what we want to do, then we can't accept it. Because, you know, I'm going to bring Bella up. Hey, y'all knew it. Y'all say, y'all always waiting for it to come, right? Bella's my poodle for y'all that don't know, right? I remember training Bella, all right? And, and so when I was taking her on walks, she, she's a, a, a unique dog to me. Um, I'm, did I call her a dog? All right, all right. All right, I know. She's going to be mad at me when I get home because I know she's listening. Um, <laughs> But, but, but I remember tra training um, Bella, and, and when we go for walks, she don't walk on the grass, other people's grass. And, and, and I remember as, as I was uh, teaching her I, to walk, see, the, the other people's grass here, and she'll walk right here on the earth. Now, she'll be towing the line, and that's what a lot of us do with God's word. We tow the line of being in, in, in God's will and what we want to do. We tow the line. And so every once in a while, because she's torn the line, she's going to go on the grass, which requires me to do immediate rebuke. So sometimes when we're going off course, we need that immediate pullback, that rebuke. But then every once in a while, I can just say, Bella, and that I'll give her some correction. So, so depending on where that person is, we have to understand that God's given us four choices that we have to make as teachers of how we're going to put information out to people. We can't rebuke every situation. If you find yourself a constant rebuker, do a checkup from the neck up. If you got to rebuke every situation you're in, in, when you shouldn't need a uh, rebuke, some things just need, need a little guidance. You know, slide this way, son. You know, some, some things might, might need that, that strict uh, rebuke, teaching, and training. Some things need to be trained. Instead of rebuking them and say, hey, let's go ahead and, and, and walk through these are the things that you need to do. Train in righteousness, but don't train based on how you feel. Train on what God wants you to do. 
You know, see, some of us honestly believe that we're not prepared to teach, rebuke, correct, and train, even though we've been equipped to do so. Do we know that when we're not doing these things, we're actually hurting ourselves and we're hurting the body of Christ? When we're not operating in the things we have to do? A pastor uh, just spoke on uh, courage and spoke on uh, uh, training. Those are the things that, that we have to be mindful of in, in regards to what we're doing. See, sometime in correction, and, and, and again, and, and Pastor said, I'm going to bring up a little basketball. Y'all knew that was coming too, right? All right, so back in the day when I played, a long time ago, 40 years, 30 years, we used to have this thing called handshaking. All right. Some of y'all, you know, old school, you know, they can't do that now in the, in the NBA. That's called a foul. But hand-checking allowed us to kind of guide the players in the direction we wanted them to go. You know, so it allowed me to correct them. And some, so every once in a while, we have to hand-check you. You may have to hand-check me. All right, David hand-checked me this morning. We was, was studying. I was ready to go on the next chapter. He kind of guided me, hey, let's finish this one because there's some discussion in here. I, I didn't feel rebuked or jumped on anything. I said, all right, good. And we had a good discussion based on, on that simple correction. See, he didn't say nothing because sometimes we don't even have to say nothing to you for a correction. We can kind of just guide you. And then if you're doing it right, then it's easy for someone to follow you. How, how are we doing this thing, y'all? Let's, let's really think about that. How are we... As teachers, and I'm on our teachers now, are helping folk. All right, let's turn to uh, Zechariah 8, and I'm going to read verse 16. Zechariah 8, 16. And it says, these things are the things that ye shall do. Zechariah 8, 16. I'm sorry if I moved too quick. I heard some pages turning. And it says, in Zechariah 8, 16, the King James Version, it said, These are the things we shall do. Speak ye every man the truth to his neighbor. Execute the judgment of truth and peace in your gates. These are the things we shall do. All right, some of us are scared to speak truth. But sharing the truth is our responsibility. Learning to correct with righteous judgment is our responsibility. We're not judging looking down. We're judging pulling up, looking up with righteousness. We want to hear encouragement. How many of y'all want to be encouraged when you're going through something? How many of y'all want to be dumped on when you're going through something? You want to be encouraged. All right, now, I don't want you to fudge the truth. It tells you you have to speak the truth. But we have to find a way to dissect that truth so that they can be received and heard. And sometimes we may just have to put the truth at their feet and move on, knowing the truth is there. And they was talking this morning, uh, I think with Sister Shonda, they said, you know, sometimes the truth go here. And then Jeanette said, well, I'll water it. Uh, and then uh, a week, you know, somebody else may do something else with it. But the foundation is set when you, when, you know, whose turn is it to water the plant? God's going to position the next person. But if you never put the seeds in there, there's nothing to water. 
We have to put the seeds in there. We have to speak the truth. Our responsibility is to share the truth, and these are, are, are shall do and learn to package it in, the, in righteous judgment. Our responsibility is to receive the truth. All right, we have to receive the truth and receive it and, as it's intended and knock down the vessel of God that's delivering it. We'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll know somebody's telling us, right, you may have, and how many of y'all had to go back and apologize to somebody? Because you didn't, you didn't receive that truth the way it was intended. You, you looked all in your feelings and all those type things. All right, so, so understand that we have to make sure it's packaged right, because sometimes even if it's packaged right, we don't receive it the way it should be. Ephesians 4 and 25 says, and you don't have to go there. This is a, a show. It says, wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. We one body. I just be mindful. It, it tells us we won't hurt our own body, but some of us be cutting our own bodies. Some of us be beating up our own body, thinking we're talking down to that person, and that's part of your body. How are you delivering that information? Someone said during God talk, if we focus again on the messenger, we miss out on the message. There was a time, and I mentioned earlier, that I felt that the only time I could hear a message was from the pastor. So I get it. <laughs> I get when people cut out, when, and that's why sometimes pastors don't announce they're going to be gone because they know it's going to be crickets. And it ain't like it's crickets because we're trying to find out where the pastor at. <laughs> You know, and so, so, but when I look back on the things and the messages that I missed, when I look back on all, all the truth that God had revealed, all the righteous judgment that was given that I had access to, the things I needed perfectly packaged, the only thing that was missing was me. See, every once in a while, we're going to say, oh, man. Pastor, help me with that. And, and Pastor, he said, you know, we, we taught that last week, last Sunday. All right. How many times has Pastor uh, on the call said, hey, you know, there's a series on that on YouTube? And because uh, I know because many times he'll, he'll say, James, get and post that series. So it's there. But every once in a while, we may have to go back and, and listen to some of the, the messages that were brought forth. Because Pastor simplifies it for us. He gives us some art. Uh, he gives us a title. So a lot of times we just have to search for that. You know, so it's been given. And, and, and again, so when I started growing, I stopped trying to justify my actions and started listening to the truth. I, all of us are not on the level to judge. We, you know, we just have to be mindful, and we're talking in righteous judgment because we aren't on the level to accept judgment. Some of us are looking for judgment every time we are being corrected. And everybody's not judging you. Some people are just telling you the truth. You know, and so we have to position ourselves for that truth because it's not going right. And, 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 and if we sim simplify it, you know you're not, in your heart you're not right, in your situation you're not right, your circumstance you're not right, but you don't want to hear nobody to give you directions on how to get right. And a lot of times, uh, uh, us teachers and, and deliverers, it might be us. How are we delivering that package that God wants us to deliver? 
See, and again, I, I, I point out that the singles were not telling us uh, not to tell us when they're doing something wrong. They wanted the truth, but they wanted it, it with love, with directions. Some of us, the person that you're trying to minister to, that you, you know, you're going home condemning because they didn't make it to church this morning. So you're going to go throw down a whole package of, oh, you should have been there. As opposed to, this is what I got from it. It was a pretty interesting message. That minister James, what? What a man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's all right if y'all want to go home and say that. See, we one body, y'all. Um, and, and again, uh, let, let's go to Galatians 6. And this, you know, Galatians 6, 1, 3. And I'm almost done. A couple of more points I, I think is important for us to make. Because this is important for us in Galatians 6, 1, and, and 3. I'm going to read straight from the message version to give you an idea. But it says, live creatively, creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore them. Saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens so complete in Christ's law. If you think you are too good for that, you are badly deceived. Sometimes we think we're too good to, to get correction, but we're quick to give it. We're quick to throw it out there. We're quick to do those things. And th this is uh, the last uh, uh, scripture I have. It's uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 11, and 12. And it says, and I'm reading from the message again, these are all warning markers, danger, in our history books written down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. Our positions in the story are parallel. They at the beginning, we at the end. And we are just as capable of messing it up as they were. Don't be so naive and self-confident. You're not exempt. You can fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God's confidence. So as, as I, I, I close, I, I want us to understand that there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in what we receive when we're sharing in love, let's, let's don't miss the mark when, when it comes to righteous judgment. Let's not think that we're so perfect and so aligned with the word. Oh, I study every day. I do this, this, and that. Let's not condemn folk because they can't be on every call, be at every meeting, be at every situation. I, you, you know, you can't. All right, let's not restrict ourselves to the house. You know, we're equipping heirs for the kingdom of God, but I promise we're not equipping them so they stay in here. Amen. We're not equipping so you can just uh, keep it all to yourself. Invite people to church and don't condemn them when you, they didn't make it and tell them what they missed. 
tell them what you got. Now, I emphasize that over and over again because we got to tell people what we're receiving in order for them to want something. Uh, we, we can't just tell them what they're missing. Uh, we, we have to, you know, get, get, every time I drive, drive Uber and Lyft, I think I invite about 20 people to church a week or more. Uh, every once in a while, I want to pop up. But, but that, it's not going to stop me from sharing because 19 didn't and one did. You know, so who are you coming in contact with and you're sharing the word with? Who do you have to correct? All right, who do you have to teach, rebuke, or train? All right, don't miss out on the training part. Training in righteousness. We can't change in righteousness if we're not living right. I'm, I'm going to leave you. Grand, grandma is an amazing woman of God. And I, I was sharing um, with Minister Lamar a video that she recorded last year when she was talking to all the family. She said, this might be my last time. This might be my last time being able to share with all of y'all. She didn't say, remember me. She didn't say, make sure y'all, you know, do this for me. She simply told us to love one another. Y'all love it, one another. Y'all trust in God. You know, through, through Christ, you can do anything. And so that's what we have to do. We have to trust in God and, and be mindful of what is the word you're going to plant in somebody and how they're going to remember you. What are you doing? What are we doing? And, and that, that's all I have. Praise God.